Welcome back to Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our special guest this week is the National MRS Captivating 2020. Janet Rayburn is on the show. I'm so excited to have her. The Captivating Pageant is celebrating 10 years. So we're going to learn more about the Captivating title, her system, everything. We're going to learn more about Janet. So please stay tuned. I hope you guys are so excited for this episode, just like I am. Our sponsor of the week is Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you need photos or video, they are the team to get the photo and photography job done. No, ma- no matter if you need photos for a wedding, special event, or p- professional headshots, they are the photographers to get the job done. And no matter if you need a wedding videography, a, a commercial, or some video for a project, they are the videographers to get the job done. So no matter if you're looking for photography or video, they are the team to get the job done at Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. And welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Paul, for the opportunity to be on your show. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have some some new people on the show, That um, a new system that I'm not aware of. I I would love for you to tell me, tell more about the, your system and your title. And, and, um, and honestly, it, your system could be year, years and years old, but I honestly don't know more. And I, and I feel so foolish not to know more. So why don't you tell me more about your system starting out? And then we can talk about how you got into a pageantry and how you um, eventually got to your title. Sure. Um, Our system has actually only been around for about uh, 10 years. And we are, yeah, we're going to be celebrating our 10 year anniversary this year. Yeah, it is very exciting. Um, In our system, it has four divisions it has the junior team. I'm sorry, it has uh, the team, the miss, the Ms. and Mrs. When it first started, it did have the junior team, but uh, this year is the first year we're cutting out the youngest division. So we're down to four divisions. And what's nice about this pageantry is it's really not any particular qualifications. So it, you don't have to be a certain size or um, or anything. You can be who you are. It, the system platform is all about being you, being different, and being captivating. And so that's one of the big draws for me is I feel like when I enter a system like this, I get to meet all sorts of people coming from diverse background, you know, different times in their life and um, just different looks, you know? So I appreciate being part of that type of sisterhood. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate any um, organization that promotes, you know, unity and, and the whole system, then, then you having to fit into a mold that some artificially, some person in a board elected to be the mold. So that's really um, much more enlightening. And it's the way it, most systems should be, if not all. So that's really great that there's a system like yours out there that's really being um, out there and promoting and being in the forefront. So I appreciate you guys doing that. And is, is it clearly by celebrating 10 years, you guys are doing something right there. Yeah, so we're really excited about it. And another uh, title that I forgot to mention, it's a special title that doesn't get offered every year. It's based on the candidates who are are, uh, competing that year, and it's the ambassador title. So within, yeah, within that year, if there are um, candidates who actually didn't win a 
uh, division titles, such as the teen, the, the Ms., the Miss, and Mrs., but they have put a lot of effort into promoting the system and just an overall very well-rounded person that we want to represent our system, then at the very end of the pageant competition, we actually um, will award one person as the captivating ambassador. And we have one this year. So our fifth sister queen is a captivating ambassador. And hopefully we'll be able to give that same title to somebody at this year's pageant. I do like that idea um, when when pageants do that because um, there it's so competitive for some people, especially when it, with it being an individual sport, and you put so much effort into winning that crown, and um, to be able to spotlight that person that that finishes second, um, or someone that may have not made it to the top five but bleeds the organization you know, so much, that's really important to highlight that person. So I think that's just a good fundamental um, thought from the organization to do that. That's really smart. And that's, that's probably a great way to keep um, contestants coming back and forth is build that lo- that brand loyalty. Right, right. And, you know, with me right now doing a lot of marketing just for my work, like, I think that's a fantastic idea. Oh, to absolutely. Build that brand, yeah, build that brand loyalty there. So, Specifically for yourself, how did you, how did you fall into pageantry? Were you always pursuing pageantry as a young child, or were you pursuing other aspects like music or sports, or was this something that you found later in life? So that's an interesting question. So growing up, uh, my background, I, you know, I'm Vietnamese. So my parents and grandparents came over in 1975, right after the Vietnam War, um, uh, basically at the end of the Vietnam War. So they came over with nothing. So as a child, I was born in the States. I was actually born in Arkansas. And I remember growing up as a young child, the only thing on cable television at the time was um, that was very exciting was pageantry. Um, And the system that I used to watch was the Miss USA pageant. And I would watch and I would always envy, like, how do you get to that point to compete? But unfortunately for me, we were a very low income family. So pageantry was never in the picture. And I really love my McDonald's. So I was a little chubby girl. So as a child, I never competed in pageantry, even though I love watching it with my grandfather. And it wasn't until um, probably in my 30s, Paul, that pageantry came into my life. So in 2015 was the very first year I competed, and I competed as a Mrs. Um, and so somebody mentioned to me before, because I started getting into fitness competitions, and right after I competed in my first NPC fitness competition, someone said, well, have you thought about doing pageantry? And at the time, I didn't realize that there were pageants out there for married women. And so somebody introduced me to the system. And one of the first systems that I competed in was the uh, Mrs. Captivating, which is the system that I'm in right now. And in 2015, I got first runner up. I was a complete newbie to the pageantry system. And I I fell in love. Well, that's a pretty big achievement. The first time up getting first runner up, that's a pretty big achievement. Yeah, and um, and and, and had you competed a lot doing NPC? Did you have a lot of, of stage presence? Did you had and you done a lot of those competitions already? So, actually, no. No, in 2014, okay. the year before I competed in my first pageant was my first NPC fitness competition. So that so, you didn't have something to draw upon from NPC either. So, so no. So so you just really you you just gave your all and and it really showed off then. 
I, it is. Yeah. And so I remember talking to a pageant coach for the first time, preparing myself for the pageant and the pageant coach said, coach would say, your walk is really bouncy. And I said, well, my walk is from my fitness competition. That's how they taught me how to walk. So I had to relearn my walk for pageantry because it's a lot more graceful on stage. It's a different style of walking. Um, but that's that's how I got into pageantry was in 2015 was, you know, trying something new. And I thought it was a one and it's a one time done for me. And so after that, once you get connected into the pageant system, a lot of people get to know you. And there's been a lot of pageant system that asked me to go judge. And I even got to judge in Colorado in between. So I told myself if I ever were to return to pageant system, I would go back to the captivating pageant. And so in 2019, four years after I competed in one of my first pageants, I came back to the captivating system and won the Mrs. Uh, the National Mrs. Captivating 2020 title. Well, that's really exciting that like um, basically put all your skills together and came home and won your home pageant. Um, uh, is that how you feel? Like, do you feel like? You came home and you won that home pageant because, you know, you did so well that first time. Yeah, I um, you know, I it was a the reason I wanted to go back to this pageantry was what I love about the system is the sisterhood. So it's not like when you win a title and you're kind of the sole winner for that system. This system has four different categories. So I knew that when I, if I were to win the system, I have three other sisters and an ambassador that becomes my sisterhood to help me, you know, run with my, with our title and promote the system as a team. And so that's, what's exciting about this is now I feel like I have four, you know, pageant sisters that are going to be part of my sisterhood in life for the rest of, of my life. Does this, uh, sisterhood are you guys innately very tight so i know sometimes um they're they're so competitive there isn't as great sisterhood is there a great sisterhood between the competitors and also the people that win that you guys can um build friendships really well Yes. Um, I think on, on both sides, you know, with people I competed with, like I said, because this system isn't about, um, you know, a certain height, a certain look, there's so many different women that would might not have normally were able to compete in another system comes to the system and it bec immediately becomes that positive energy, that sisterhood about all oh, let's just, you know, um, promote our platform and, and come to compete together to win this title. So even, after I won this title, I've still kept in touch with some of the, um, some of the pageant sisters who I competed with, and they're actually returning this year to compete in it. So hopefully I'll get to crown one of them this year. So that's exciting. That is, and then, you know, that is exciting. Yeah. Do you, um, what, are, what are they doing, um, based on the situation? Are they doing a virtual pageant or are they doing an in-person pageant? That's a really good question. Cause for a period of time, we weren't sure with everything that's happening, if we have to go virtual. Um, but we are actually doing a live pageant. Okay. There's going to be uh, different guidelines around social distancing, uh, some changes, but we're going to try to still give all the contestants a good experience overall, and it will be very similar format as it was in previous years with, of course, you know, certain guidelines that we're going to have to follow to keep everyone safe. Of course. It, it, it's one of the, the, the shame part about um, doing a virtual pageant is that the girls don't get that big applause when they win their title. Yeah. That's like the, the biggest thing that, um, I feel so bad, um, for the girls because you, you work, you guys work so hard. And, um, I think that's 
I don't, I maybe I'm just speaking for you or, or speaking out of place, but you work, I think you work more for that, that applause for the title than the, the putting on the sash because am I wrong or am I, or do you, do you, or, or do you feel that you work really hard for that crown sash moment? Because, well, yeah, I, I think the instant gratification is definitely the applause. The The greatest feeling is having your friends and family out there supporting you. So whether or not you walk away with a crown or sash, just knowing that you have that audience that's there to cheer you on and empower you to reach the goal of even competing is such an incredible memory. Um, so, you know, the icing on top is if you do win, that's something that you take forward and able to spread your platform on it. But I do agree with you that, you know, having people out there cheering for you empowers you to, to if you don't win, to even come back and, and better yourself for the next time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's always a challenge. I think that's one of the things I love about pageants for women specifically is that it's, 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 a, it's a sport that allows women to challenge themselves specifically without having men in, involving themselves. It's, it's, it's a, it's an item where women can actually be themselves and challenge themselves without any male influences, which is so important because we have so many competitions where men try to influence themselves. And it's really nice to see that there is a, a really awesome competition where women can actually be themselves and, and have no influence, which is so important. Um, yeah. And uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's just gonna say you bring up a really good point there. You know, I think the misconception a lot of times people who don't know about pageantry, they think pageantry is all about looks. And that's not true, especially in our pageant system. Um, you know what it coach and builds. That's why, you know, people ask me, would you have young girls compete in pageantry? I would say yes, because it does build um, communications. It helps you. I mean, when you go in to do pageant interviews, you know, it gives you practice to later on, especially for young girls, when they go and they interview for colleges or when they interview for a career, it builds that strong communication and it helps them learn how to network with each other, which are the two keys to having a, a successful career in the future. I absolutely agree with you. I, it's very rare that I run into a pageant contestant that can't excel in the interview room, even if she's a newbie, you know, they've really worked hard to impress that person. I think that naturally flows into a job interview or just trying to impress someone in the sales department and really uh, up their game. So I, I think that doing a pageant can only be a positive experience, even if it does draw in some kind of competition aspect into it. So I'm really curious to know about the NPC portion. So if that was your original foray into competition, how did that play a role in it? And did, what draw, drew you into doing NPC competitions? You had mentioned um, off the cuff that you enjoyed, I think you said McDonald's. So, yeah. so, and that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I know I'm a very chubby guy. And I love my fast food too. So, and I've lost weight and I've gained weight and lost weight. So what was the defining factor that made you want to do NBC um, uh, uh, fitness competitions? I know some yeah. of my listeners, I don't have a, I haven't had the pleasure of interviewing a lot of fitness competition um, competitors. So what are some of the, 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 the 
correlation that wanted you to, to do that? Because that is a very specific, dedicated aspect there, and you have to get to a certain body weight, and you have to really yep. train yourself and, and mindset and all these, these things that go into it. I think it's more intense than a pageantry, um, and on, you have to um, take off a much majority of your clothes and segregate it in front of men and women. So it's, yes. I would say it's definitely much more stressful than, than, than a pageant. Am I wrong? What do, you, what do you think? No, you are, you're completely right. And especially being that NPC was my first on stage type of competition. Wow. So it was funny that you mentioned McDonald's because I kid you not at the age of five, I could eat two Big Macs. <laughs> And so growing up, I was pretty, pretty heavy. Um, and then after I got married, I was probably at the heaviest point in my life. And I remember looking into the mirror one day and I was, uh, I was depressed away how I, how I felt inside and how I felt outside. And so the only person that could change, I knew was me. I can't, you know, nobody else can help me with this, but myself and mentally getting myself in that space. And so I started out with a fitness goal of losing the weight and, and getting to a healthier weight. And so I was, I hired a trainer. I had, was on a diet plan, workout routine, and I lost 25 pounds in about six months. That that, first that's time. awesome. That's a great, like 25 and six months. That's not too quick. That's not too, like, that's a good yeah. amount. So you can like keep that off forever. So that's really right. good. Right. Cause I wanted to go into something that's sustainable and not yeah, any so type of crash diet. Yep. And so after that, I uh, showed up to the gym one day and I saw a group of women in high heels and bikini walking around the gym. And I was like, what is going on? Why are they dressed like that? And why are they in heels? So my trainer said to me, oh, these girls are getting ready. They're doing their preparation on, on their poses because they're competing this Saturday for the NPC. And so I was intrigued and I'm like, well, what is this? Like, how do I get involved? How do I get into this? And he said, anybody can do it. You just have to have a very strong discipline on your diet and a very strict routine on workout. And he says, if you want to do this, I will train you. And, and he's like, to motivate you even more, if you are willing to commit to this, he said that he will also compete with me. Because my coach was a former bodybuilder, a former champion bodybuilder. And so because of his age, he stopped competing for the last several years. But that was so motivating to me that I know that if I'm going to commit to this, my coach will also commit with me and compete with me. So he would compete in the men's bodybuilding while I'll do the women's bikini competition. I think that's an awesome, like, I, I would say that's an awesome deal because I always feel like when someone is, like, training you, you know, they want you to do all that work. But for him to say, you know, I'll do, I'll put in the hard work and then I'll I'll make sure that I make my um, qualification for my, um, my age range, uh, age range. Um, mm -hmm. that's incredible. So, um, that was a huge gamble for him to do that as well as if you're saying that he took several years off. So he definitely yeah. sounds like he motivated himself as well as you. Yeah, it was a huge support. Not only that, his girlfriend also signed up. So the three of us became each other's support system. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And so, for two years, Paul, it took me two years. Oh yeah, to of get, course. To, and, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To get myself, I dropped another twenty-five pounds. I was in in the, the the really like you know best shape for the competition because I wanted to make sure that my first package delivered on stage, no matter if I win or not, 
I know mentally that that's the best package I was going to bring on stage. And so for several um, many months, I've had nightmares of like, you know, terrified being on stage, not, not posing correctly or being not the right body for it. And so when it finally came down to that competition day, it was, it was actually a very surreal moment because two years of training, but, you know, going back to when I was a child of never thinking that I could do something like this, because I always grew up heavy, always accepting where I was at and being able to get to that point get on stage in a tiny bikini, being judged on your body by judges, both men and women, and then walking away with fourth place was an incredible journey. For your for first time, you got fourth place? I did. You, you, I did. That's awesome. Like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think our listeners know how, how hard that is to like, you placed and like, that's incredible. So kudos. And for, because you, you basically came from um, a situation where you weren't in that fitness mindset. So for you to, in two years, go from a non-fitness mindset, you know, I assume you were working out, but really dedicating yourself. And then and then in two years, you transfer your body into, that's, con- congratulations, that's awesome. Because I know Thank how hard you. that is. So it, it was very hard. And I had very support, uh, supportive friends. Because when you do NPC, your social life goes out the window. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because you're always in the gym training, right. and you're two always days, two days a week. I mean, two day, not two days a week. Two days, a, <laughs> two 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 days. Uh, two two times, two times, a, times day. a day. Two times a day. Yes. <laughs> yep. You're exactly right. Two and then you have to now. Were you doing the jug of water as well? Yep. Yeah. Everywhere I went, I had my jug of water with me. I had to do a gallon of water, um, and then I was on a very very strict diet. And with my job at the time, I did a lot of traveling, which makes it even harder. Oh, wow. So I would, yeah, I would prepack all my meals. And even at conference, when everybody's eating their conference meal, uh, I would pull out my little meal prep and eat it while everybody I was eating their, you know, delicious, um, fatty food with dessert and like a drink. <laughs> and here I am in my chicken and broccoli. <laughs> now, looking at your pageant prep, um, that must be like, you must be feeling like you have so much food to eat because in comparison, you know, um, pageant prep must be so easy for you because going back to the MPC prep is, is 10 times harder. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting because, um, you know, NPC for those who, who compete in fitness can all relate that after a competition, you know, you can't sustain that right. really low body fat percentage. So you get sick. Yeah. So you yeah. Yeah, so people tend to gain a little bit of body fat back. And so from fitness competition in 2014 to the tw- 2015, you know, I gained a little weight back. And the coach that I got for the pageant competition, you know, she was telling me, oh, you know, what is, do you think about doing like body wrap or doing all sorts of these different things that, that some of the pageant girls would do? And I said, you know what, as far as when it comes to losing weight, give me eight weeks. I've done fitness competition. I know how to get down to the size I need to through just regular proper eating and nutrition and workout. I don't need to do all the other type of gimmicks or supplements, any of that stuff. Just give me eight weeks. And by the time that I uh, was competing in a pageant, my pageant coach says, I've never met a pageant girl who can lose the weight the way that you do with just you know proper eating and diet. And I said, I know what I'm doing because I've done fitness competition. It's, it's, it's incredible when you know your body and you know how your body functions and you understand what nutrients you need to take in to lose weight. So it's, um, 
when you figure out the magic formula for yourself, you can lose or gain weight very easily. So, right. Right. Do you feel that you're at this point in your life where, um, you can, ex um, stay at this weight and, and, and be very, and be very happy? Or do you feel like maybe like 10 more pounds would be a, a more comfortable weight and for the rest of your life? Or do you, or, or do you think that you need to be lighter? Where do you feel like you are now? Um, I feel like the weight that I'm at now, um, I I'm comfortable in it. And I think I know, like, depending what competitions I want to do in the future, whether it's pageantry or fitness competition, I know how to get to where I need for that. Um, but as far as just maintaining kind of a day-to-day -day stable weight that is sustainable, I think I'm, I'm there. Um, and so just, you know, just preparing myself for the next competition. And I actually, I turn 40 next year. And my goal is to actually compete again in another fitness competition. Well, I hope you do. I really do encourage you to. So. <laughs> because then it puts me at what they call the master level. It's, it's uh, in fitness competition. It's a lot of times for women, it's by age group. And so the older you are, the harder it is to, you know, get yourself in that type of body type. And so that's going to be able to, to push me to that next limit again. And so I'm always trying to, to get myself to try these different things because it challenges me and gives me continuous improvement on both my mental capacity and my physical capacity. Are you in, do you seek out challenges where you need to be poked or someone needs to motivate you or do you get personally motivated? I'm a person that's always been driven by myself, um, personally motivated. And even in my career, um, I just recently took a new position and I'm actually going to be moving in Texas uh, next month as the VP of engineering, because my ultimate goal is to be a female CEO. Do you have an industry that you want to, to represent and work in if you want to? So yeah. Uh, so currently I'm in the electric industry and that's where I've started my career, you know, over 15 years ago with that. And I, that's the industry that I've always loved. And I want to continue to be part of that in industry. I can see myself retiring in that in industry, um, you know, years later. Well, I mean, I, I see so much growth in the, in the electric industry. I mean, uh, solar panels, wind, mm -hmm. um, battery grid devices. I mean, um, and then you're going to need services, um, you know, wires, you know, all this kind of infrastructure. So that's not a, it's not an industry that's, that industry is growing, you know, tenfold, you know, twentyfold. So there's so much opportunity there. It's a great industry to be a part of. So if you love that type of industry and you can really understand it very well, you're going to do really successfully. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I like to push the status uh, norm of, you know, that industry is usually more male dominated mm -hmm. and being a female in that industry and a female that can excel in that industry is a whole new opportunity and challenge for me that I'm excited about. And that's why in pageantry, what I love about it is my platform is STEM education for girls. Because when I went through college, you know, 15, 20 years ago, there's not a lot of women going to into this type of industry. And so the more that I can help women understand the benefits and why they should go into that, um, that is kind of my ultimate goal and help them through because the challenges that I went through, I want them to, to make sure that they are aware and that there's always the light at the end of the tunnel to help them get to that end point.
I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. I can't agree more with you. I I think that um, we need to encourage women to take more roles in science and math. And um, they need to be encouraged and not um, asked... Are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I, I definitely would love to have uh, more women to be encouraged to go into those fields. I mean, there's there's so much more that we need to discover. And and I mean, I, I just yeah. watched I just watched a documentary about um, Mrs. Curry, the 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 woman who and found who um, founded the. Um, Are you talking about Marie Curie? Yeah. It's a documentary that um, was talking about how she actually found that that actual um, um, the item the item on the, um, the the table and actually figured out what um, was causing um, and how that power worked. So that's very important that women can play a major role and women um, are as smart as men and uh, we need to cultivate. Um, a, all these groups of women that want to go in the field and not discourage them in any way. So, right. Um, so if, the, it, are, do you think that Texas is where you definitely want to work? Because there's lots of opportunity there. I mean, especially in the solar panel, um, wind farming. I mean, it, um, if they could just uh, take off their blinders with all of the oil that they really produce, Texas is a perfect state that could really just be a just gold mine for this new power source um, with, especially with wind farming. And also, I mean, if you, if you could get a solar panel on every person's roof in Texas, there would probably be enough energy to, 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 to provide enough energy for the entire country. Um, based on the um, the knowledge that I've the research that I've read that it's a very small amount of houses that would have to have solar panels at this point that would um, service as the amount of energy that we use in the course of a day. So it, there's so much opportunity in Texas. Yeah. So the thing with solar is, you know, solar works better in states that has a lot more sun. Mm-hmm. So Texas definitely is the state that is more. Uh, suited for solar than Ohio would be. Um, but the problem that people don't don't realize with solar is in order to make solar effective, because, you know, the day you only have so much sunlight during the day and then it becomes nighttime. And so you have to have some kind of battery storage tied to it in order to reserve that energy. So right now, battery isn't quite, the ba- battery technology isn't quite there yet. And so you still need the electric grid to be able to utilize energy, you know, during the times when you don't have the sunlight. Right. Well, you know, the, the, the constant, the good thing is that technology is continuing to grow. Right. So hopefully in the next 10 to 20 years, there'll be more uh, 
changes is also um, advances. Um, I know that Elon is really working on a a battery that has no liquids, a non uh, a, a, a non-liquid battery, I think that's what it's called, and they're trying to eliminate the cobalt out of it as well. So there, there's going to be some major changes in the future. So um, it's it's all plus um, in the future. So um, back to your the pageants. So you're you're giving up your title shortly. When when is the actual national pageant? Yeah, the actual date is September sixth. Okay. It's a Sunday. It's the Labor Day weekend Sunday. Well, that's exciting. So it's coming up really shortly. It is. What What's your outlook? Um, are you going to take a year off, or are you plotting your next um, national title? Like, well, what's your What's your thought on the matter? Where do you think you want to to go from here? Yeah. So definitely, as far as the pageantry path, I'm definitely going to take probably a couple of years uh, as a break, just because I'm going to be moving, taking on a new job. I just need to focus my time and energy on that right now. But what's funny is, remember how you mentioned when I was a kid, I used to watch pageantry. Mm -hmm. The very first pageant that I ever watched was in 1988. And the winner was um, Miss or Courtney Gibbs from Fort Worth, Texas. And so I'm going to be moving to the Fort Worth, Texas area. So I think it would be kind of fun to compete as uh, Mrs. Fort Worth at some point so that That'd it kind cool. of... Yeah. Yes, that is my childhood kind of dream when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, you should also, you know, with Facebook and everything, also you should reach out to her and see if you guys can um, meet up for, for lunch or dinner, and, and hopefully you guys can build a good friendship because I'm, I'm sure she's still around, um, and uh, I'm sure she's still involved in the community, so it sounds like that would be a good friendship. To, yeah, that would be interesting if I can actually meet her in person because that's who I watched when I was a little kid. Yeah, that that would be very interesting. Hey, you know, I I always encourage you. You know, um, as a wrestling fan, you always want to um, you want a photo with your favorite wrestler, and then when you if you ever want to be a wrestler, then you take a photo um, with your favorite wrestler fan after you're a wrestler. So it could be the same way with you. <laughs> You didn't get your before photo, but you could at least get your after photo, you know? So, right. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's so much things that you can learn from her. I mean, if she motivated you and she didn't even know it, who knows how many people that she motivated. Um, and it just shows that, you know, doing the right thing and working really hard does motivate other people. So you're going to be motivating other people and hopefully someone will come to you one day and tell you how they how they really were motivated and um, just inspired by you so hopefully that you get that um, that moment too I would love that you know I think part of most people's um, the reason why they want to compete is to be able to leave a little legacy behind that others can follow or are inspired to follow so if if you had a choice what what where do you want to go in the pageantry world? Do you have you been thinking about it? Like you said, you're going to take a couple of years off, but do you know of a system that you've really thought really highly of and you want to? So the first year I competed in 2015, I competed in two pageants system. I competed in captivating, and I competed in the uh, America system. Okay. So so I think my next road down, if I was going to do uh, Mrs. Texas, is down the America system. 
I um I sponsored the Maryland chapter, and uh, I would say that the America would be a phenomenal system for you to be a part of, and I think you would probably really have fun. And all of the girls always talk about how the gifts are so wonderful at national. So <laughs> I don't know if I you, hear. yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's not for the crown, it's for the gifts in the room, right? <laughs> I yeah, mean, I hear they come home with like a suitcase full of gifts because every state has to bring something unique. Yeah. Um, well, I, one of one of my colleagues was telling me that she came back to her room and she had um, butter knives that had her her year in um, and year in um, title um, etched into them, and I'm like. Okay. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the, pretty fancy to have a butter knife, but like, I mean, that's so cool. I mean, it's cool, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. that's super creative, whoever gave that gift. Right, and then yeah. she's like, you know, one night we got a bag, and, you know, and it wasn't just a bag. It was like, a, you know, it was like a Louis Vuitton bag, and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, it's, you know, that sounds pretty cool, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm a guy, uh uh, and I know how expensive that is when you buy it for a girl. So, I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> that that's a really big uh, gift. So, yeah, it, it's it it all depends on like the system. Like, I know, like if you if you want like your husband husband more involved, like international is big for that too. So it all depends on like what your your mindset. How how do you usually pick a system to compete in? Do you is it more based on what you've seen in the past and you've talked to your friends or is it based on a feeling like how do you decide to yeah to 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 make that uh, investment and decision yeah so you know because i am new to pageantry i've only competed in three pageants ever um and they were all in my 30s so i want to talk about captivating which is the system i'm a title holder yeah, right now absolutely. The, yeah the reason there's a couple of reasons why i chose to come back to it um, is because one, as I mentioned before, the system's all about being you, you know, being different, being captivating. It's not about being size, looks, any of that. But the second reason I really enjoy it was my husband gets involved and he, he's all, he's an engineer like me, but he can sew. <laughs> and so oh, the very cool. first wow. year, yeah, the very first year that I competed in it, um, there's a fun fashion portion and gotcha. so he, he and i designed my fun fashion wear and of course me being an electrical engineer he lighted up the outfit so when i walked out on stage no, really that's yes, so cool did it did, change did... color it changed color <sighs> as i'm walking on stage and you know how you mentioned like the audience you know cheering yes they are, you could hear like they all gasped because it was so different it was so unique and then people who weren't even part of my cheering crowd were cheering for me because it was something so unique I mean, I've so never different. seen it. I've never seen anything like that. And I've had to sit through lots of pageants and, uh, that's incredible. So kudos to you and your husband for being thinking outside the box. I mean, that's, that's great. I love that idea. Yeah. And so that was the first time I competed in captivating the second time, which is last year that I won the title. I said to him, we got to do this again. We got to go bigger. And so, you know, four years ago, the technology was LEDs. So last year, he actually did uh, fiber optic lights. <laughs> so, you know, he designed, sewed my outfit and then put fiber optic lights wow. underneath the gown. Yeah. So it was, it's so much fun to be able to have him, you know, support me and be fully involved and invested in every competition that I'm in. That, 
That's pretty so so using it must have been looked like little stars with his fiber optics then. Must have looked incredible. Was it a white dress too or what was it the color? It was a um because the fun fashion last year, 2019, was peacock theme. So uh, I'm trying to remember the skirt on the outside was like a peacock feather, and he hand sewed every single feather on that that skirt. But on the inside, he lined it with black fabric so that the fiber optic um you can see it better with the dark interior. What a heart. He sounds like a keeper, right? <laughs> right? You know, because not that many not that many husbands are are willing to like so and like dude that's that he sounds like uh he sounds like a great guy um it sounds yeah, like he really takes care of you so that's great he, he actually ended up winning the um husband of the year award through i the think he should <laughs> yeah he if did. there's a award like if there's a award for that absolutely i mean i don't see any <laughs> other guys doing that i mean i i know some um pageant husbands that like do a great job with their videography or maybe do the photos but like that sewing is like a such that's that's a talent like you can mess up a dress very easily and that's such a that's that's a great talent wow yeah so not only can he sew but he takes it up a notch with all the technology uh, exactly i know i know i mean yeah. god forbid he he makes sure that your hemline's right he but he actually makes <laughs> he makes sure that the, the thing uh sparkles and twists and turns so right I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mav. PP.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. Okay, so this is the part of the show where I let my lovely guests talk about whatever is on top of her mind. So do we have any topics that we didn't talk about yet? Um, I know we haven't talked about your platform. So is there anything that is topical that's really important that we need to tell our what lovely audience and let them know more about you? Um, no, I think like I kind of put a little bit of information here and there in into it. So um, fun fact about me though, is I was on, um, have you ever seen the show, the travel channel show Bizarre Food with Andrew Zimmern? Yes. I love that show. My family was aired on, on an episode. For really? That. That's awesome. Yeah. So how big is your family? Is it is it just the three of you, or is it? Do you have brothers? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an only child, so it's I am just too. me and my parents. Oh, you are too. Yes. Okay, so my husband's only child too. I know it's. Um, I always get when I'm when I go on dates and I'm I'm talking to the girl. Sometimes I get that weird comment from the girl, like, "Oh, you come from an only family." Yeah. <laughs> it teaches us how to be more independent, right? Yeah, totally. Like I um. Yeah. I was privileged at least to have uh, my grandma also live with us for a long time too. Um, but um, I mean, no one was going to take care of me in school. Like if there was a bully, I had to deal with it myself. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. and you know, out on the playground, I was, you know, if I was going to make friends, I was going to have 
my brother, you know, right. let me tag along. So, you know, all of those things, I think that makes you a much better person in the real world because you understand that you really, like, in the real world, like, it's doggy dog. Like, no one's really going to look out for you. And I know it's, it's like, a bad way and, like, it's a negative. But people don't look out for you and people aren't going to, like, save you a job or, um, you know, help you get a raise. You have to get your own raise and you have to work really hard. Right. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I know that, you know, we're not supposed to be that way. We need, but like, it is true. Like, you know, the way you get a raise is that you are the one that are the most excelling person. You, you stand out, you work really hard, you show initiative, you, you, you might ask a lot of questions. You're the one that's, you should ask a lot of questions. You know, I, 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 if I have a kid, I, I definitely want them to be the one that's asking all the questions because if they're asking questions, that's because they have a question. They have, they have something they need to ask like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't want, uh, I don't would never encourage anyone to be in the back of the room, not asking questions. That means you're not engaged. So, so, I mean, do you have different thoughts on that? I mean, you, you married a, um, an only child, you are only child. Like, how do you feel on that? Yeah. So it's funny because I don't know if you get this, Paul, but people always assume that we're lonely because we're only child. Yes. We don't have siblings, but what they don't know is you don't miss what you don't have. If you yeah, don't, right. if you've never had it, right. I never like that doesn't ever come to my mind at all. So right. me too. My husband's the same way. So you never miss that. But what it teaches you is, um, you know, how to interact, you know, cause you don't have siblings. So you learn how to play on your own. You learn how to yes. do things on your own. You learn how to face society and the world more independently because you've never had, like you said, either an older brother or sister or even younger one to like be part of, you just enter the world as an, indep an independent person. And so I think that's the reason why for me, when I go out and I network, because networking is such a huge factor on career success. Mm -hmm. It's yes, who you, it's yep. not, a, yeah, it's not really about who you know, it's who knows you. And I always tell people that. And so to create that impression, you know, you got to be vulnerable sometimes, put yourself out there to meet people. But people sometimes with a lot of siblings always have that kind of, um, uh, uh, that crutch of they have somebody there already. So it's harder for them to kind of force their way out there to meet new people and, and be a little bit more independent because they've never had to really do that growing up. Have, I don't know if, 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 if you feel the same way, but you were pointing out about like playing with toys, but I always felt that I was able to have a great imagine imaginary. Like I could have, <laughs> I like, I, I'm the, I'm, I'm born 82. You said you're, you're, you're going to turn 40. So you must be 81. So it's, yes. you're coming. So I, I, I'm a generation grew up with GI Joe's. So you're, you're probably miss, um, you're probably the, the, the ponytails, right. And, and care bears. <laughs> yes. Right. So yep. I just remember like, I could have like a huge war of like GI Joe's and maybe Ninja Turtles and, and I could fantasize that, but I don't see how, if you had like a brother and sister, like they would have to be the other people where I could play both sides. Like I could be the bad guy. I could be a good guy. And then in the real world, I think that plays out really good because I under, I can, I, I feel like I can understand, well, this person is taking this deal because of this. Like, I, I feel like I can, I can negotiate deals better and also like mm -hmm. understand, like, do you feel that way that you can see both mm -hmm. sides? 
because you yeah you, you bring up a really yeah you bring up a really good point because uh, like you said when you're playing by yourself you tend to have to play both roles you right. know with me whether it's Barbie with Ken or, or Barbie with Skipper or whatever mm-hmm. it is you know you're playing both roles and so you know I never thought about it that way but you bring up a really good point is for us we take on both perspective we take on our perspective as the main character. And then we're, we're able to take on the perspective of the other character, right? right. And, a lot, and a lot of times when you don't play two roles like that, you tend to only take your perspective and have a harder time seeing the other person's perspective. Mm-hmm. So you bring up a really good point. I mean, that's so true. I just never thought of it that way. I, I just like the more I talk to my friends, especially about politics, I, um, I do have my left leaning. I'm independent, but I usually vote Democrat. But I could see myself voting for Republican on certain issues, um, not all issues, but um, I can see why. Um, and I always say my I have this one friend, she just seems so angry. And I, I always say to her, I'm like, why are you so angry? Like, you know, I don't think anyone's holding you down. And like, like I can and she comes with she comes with uh, she comes from a family with a lot of brothers and sisters. So. That comment to me, it sounds like she's never had to debate on both sides. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Like it's, I think that I've, I feel very fortunate to be an only child because I was able to really cultivate both sides of that. So, and I think that, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why I love debate and um, I should have taken debate both in high school and college because I probably would have really enjoyed that. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> do you do you do you like that? Is that something when it comes to the, like the interview? If if um, someone's interviewing you and they give you something mm-hmm. to debate, is that something you can really strive and do very well at? So I, I um, pride myself that I am a natural public speaker. Um, debating is probably not an area I like to would really like enjoy. I am more of a motivational type speaker. Okay. Um, I'm actually a national MC for my, my work where every year they fly me out to a really cool location. Oh, that's really MC, awesome. Yeah. And I MC to, to like 10, 20,000 people. And so I feel like that's more of my niche is more of either like a public speaking motivational type speaker. I do a lot of training for work, so I'm very comfortable presenting um, debating is probably not something that I enjoy as much than just mm-hmm. more just presenting publicly. Well, that goes back to your comment where you said you want to be the CFO and the CFO has to or CEO, the CEO. Um, yeah. it goes back to that. That's a leadership role where you have to be more middle of the road and you have to, you have to lead from example and, and have a strategy to, to, to lead that company in the right direction and be profitable. So, I it totally makes sense. Did did you necessarily have a mindset um, coming out of high school or college to be in that speaking position, or is that something you've grown into over the course of uh, of your lifetime? I I feel like it's um it, w- it probably wasn't something that I thought I wanted to do at a younger age, but I was kind of through opportunity and and fate has brought me to it. You know, when I was in junior high, um, I was thrown into competitions uh, or speech competition and did really well in it, but never thought, thought about it as much. Then I went to high school and and college and continued down that route just through uh, meeting people. And so speech competitions, um, you know, speech classes, preparation for that, I've always had through schooling and the more that I did, the more I enjoyed. 
And so I think that sets me up more as I enter the career. And now um, I know that that's a strength and that's something I enjoy. So I like to be able to use that more going towards the future with my career. Looking back in retrospect, is that, do you think that's one of the key things that perhaps led you to win your title and also has led you to be so successful? I mean, every time you compete, you're, you're placing very high um, and eventually winning. So do you think that's one of the callo- um, one of the things adding to the list of reason why you're, you're doing so well? A hundred percent. Yes. Um, I, you know, like, because um, public speaking and interviews, communication is more of my strength in pageantry. That's 50% of your score. And I can tell you, I do not have the best walk because, you know, that's not something that I grew up doing pageant all my life. So walking on stage, posing on stage is something out of my comfort zone. And it's something that's new to me. So even though I'm not the strongest, you know, presence maybe on stage, but I hone in my public speaking. So the onstage question is very important. And the interview portion is also very important. And I think both of those have really helped leverage me to place higher positions and to winning the title. Well, I, I really hope that our listeners um, got such a benefit from listening to this incredible episode. And I really appreciate you coming on and really telling us all about this incredible system. And I really hope that the word spreads because it sounds it's definitely got a great um, mark there and, and philosophy of promoting um, health and beauty and really promoting the person over like a certain criteria. And I really do love that thought and that sentimentality. So, um, and definitely sounds like it's definitely motivated you and changed your life. So it definitely sounds like it made an impact on you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you again for this opportunity to be on your podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the next time that you compete next time you, you win a title, I would love for you to come on. So, Um, And anytime you're on the East Coast, we should definitely work together. So, all right. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Janet, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your system, uh, captivating um, title. Um, It's it's awesome to, to see more systems and have a system that's really promoting the person and not promoting a certain like cookie cutter. And as you, I, I think that's really important that we don't um, put everyone in a box. And if you don't fit a certain size or criteria, then you will never win. And I really do appreciate that you're, you're really picking people that um, are outstanding and, and just because they don't fit in another um, cookie cutter uh, box that they can excel in this pageant and and it's phenomenal that there's a avenue and a system like the captivating pageant that is out there that will provide them this opportunity which is phenomenal and I thank you for coming on the show and congratulations on your year of service I want to thank all of our listeners for continue listening to the podcast as well as listening to our movie review show with my co-host Yvonne Carlos. And as always, thank you for your comments, your likes, your comment, your thumbs up, thumbs downs. I appreciate it. And as always, please stay tuned.